0: um
1: Have I got a huge announcement for you this week in London? You can go and order and
2: join a ticket. No, no, pre-order. It, it's sign up for, for pre-order. Uh, it, it's, it's sign up for the waiting list for when the tickets do go on sale. So you're not actually getting anything now.
1: I was doing a plug for our live event.
2: <sighs> hold on, hold on. I can, I can fix this. Hold on, hold on. Stay there.
1: have I got a big announcement for you this week, Saturday, in London Longarm Pub. It is me, Ollie Davis, Luke Owen, other people, which include... Tempest. Sullivan Bo Brown. And Dan Layton. And Dan Layton doing a live No Holds Board and Crown Jewel watch party. Those tickets are on sale now. Not in a month's time? You're not signing up for pre-orders. You're not signing up for pre-orders now or the pre-sale one, which is, which is sort of three weeks away, a week before, for the show that's actually ten months away. So, you see, know, you see...
2: It's I, a huge announcement. Well, here's where you've gone wrong there. Because what Tony Khan didn't, did on the show was not a huge announcement. It was an important announcement, which is also hmm. different from his major announcements.
1: We've not got any of our whiteboard markers and stuff, but we should try and
2: rank them, shouldn't we? We've got the important... The, the importance, the lowest. I think important is the lowest, because that is just like, you need to know this information. You know what? Just hold there for a second.
1: I'm Ollie Davis, I'm joined by Luke Cohen. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, please press a thumbs up button, give us a subscribe, leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode and Tony Khan's over-promotional tactics... And send in your Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show. But our main topic is the criticism Tony Khan has very fairly opened himself up for by continually teasing huge announcements, important announcements. And then it comes to the announcement on the episode. And it it could have been done on a
2: tweet. Here's the thing. As an announcement goes... It's quite a cool one. Oh yeah. Which is that, like, hey, tickets for this event are going on sale on this date. If he'd have just done that on the show, we'd have all gone, oh cool. Did you hear? Like, I mean, you must have done. You saw the show. Tickets are on sale on December 1st. That is information
1: I need to know as a fan because I'm in I'm also in England and I want to go to that show. And I want to get much better seats than I did last time. No offense, Dan Layton. But
2: because of the every few weeks i mean and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be very very cards on the table here Mm. this only started happening once jeff jarrett joined the promotion (laughs) (laughs) And, and i will say it's a very tna thing to do to say dixie carter has a major announcement on the show i
1: feel like the first one in my memory is the hall of fame caliber wwe signing
2: but that wasn't like a yes that was on the show that wasn't like a tune in to dynamite because tony khan has a well it was it was it was by by the the pay-per-view and you'll see a hall of fame
1: yeah Yeah. that you're right and the the, the unfair thing is is i think that's a valid description of christian because everyone has said why isn't that man in the hall of fame yeah but it was just at a time when there are a few free agent names and it just set the bar too high um of course christian like just look at the great work he's done since but yeah, that's when I first remember it, and it's weird for things like CM Punk's both of his returns never actually announced. <laughs> I would say those Brian Danielson, Adam Cole's debuts, uh, Rick Flair coming out last week. Well, that was kind of teased, but I would say those are worthy of the big announcement things. But yeah,
2: go back to your point. You've got important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so important. I think is the lowest ranking of the Tony Khan announcements. I think. So what the other ones? We've got Major and Huge. Yeah. So I think Major's probably number one.
1: If if uh, we were doing WrestleTalk News thumbnails, Major would be the biggest one.
2: I think so, yeah. Right, so I, we go Important, Huge, Major. Yeah. It's like ranks in the army. <laughs> the other thing as well, like the, the other side of this being a, a good announcement to make on a TV broadcast, because I've seen people like, why would you even announce the TV broadcast? Oh. I get why you would do that. And also at the top of the first hour when... A lot of people are watching the show. I, I actually get it from that aspect of it. The announcement of it is the problem, but as an announcement goes, it's a smart announcement to make now and to get tickets on sale because they're going to be in a bidding war next year with European fans. Because mm-hmm. one week after All In 2024 is Bash in Berlin, which w- coincidentally, oh well, well, it's not. Yeah, it's nothing to do
1: with that. They, oh, probably- I- WWE have quite. Proven themselves yeah. to not counter program AEW.
2: No, this was just a massive coincidence. Mm that this is happening one week later. So as a way to try and get ahead of that, they tried to make this up like it's the biggest thing possible. You know, Nigel McGuinness was there to be like,
3: as a little boy,
2: I wanted to be part of Wembley Stadium and now I've got to be part of history and all this. Go, governor, go buy your ticket. Governor. So he was there to do the big sell, be part of history, be part of the biggest wrestling crowd. This was a historic event. So it makes total sense to do this if you're trying to convince people Don't go to Bash at Berlin in one week's time. Come to All In Mm. the week before. Oh, yeah. So you want to make like ramp up and get people excited about that. The problem is we have done this dance a lot of Tony Khan has a big announcement. Tony Khan has a huge announcement. Tony Khan has a major announcement. And they've been diminishing returns. And they are now, as we put on the thumbnail, Boy Who Cried Wolf. Mm. So it's a joke now. When people see it, it people are just instantly making fun of it. So they don't have any impact, and if anything, him adver- them advertising ahead of time. This is a important announcement. Devalued the news story that tickets for all yes. in twenty twenty four have gone on sale.
1: You're right. Just from marketing PR purposes, no one's taught. Very well, very few people are leading with that part. It's more about the nature of the in- conveying of information. Because if you just say, if Tony says, "I've got some really exciting," information about the tickets for All In next year, and I'm going to announce it tomorrow night on Dynamite. Perfectly done. Because everyone goes in there with the exact right level of expectation. They're out in a month's time, and I need to sign up to the mailing list or whatever now to get first access to buy them. But because he left it open, oh, I've got an important announcement to make tomorrow. It just... Yeah, everyone's minds start going crazy. They fill in the space of the lack of information. It's one week after
2: Tony Khan has a special gift for Sting. Mm. Which delivered! Yeah, we're only a couple of weeks removed from what it felt like another announcement that he had to make on TV, and it is the law of diminishing returns. And boy, if you don't know the parable of the boy who cried wolf, it is about a boy who keeps telling the village that a wolf is after him, and there isn't a wolf after him. He's just doing it for attention, then one day, a wolf goes after him, and he's screams of the village a wolf is after me and they don't believe him yeah and that's yeah that that's what it is it's attention it's a
1: quite transparent cynical clickbaity tactic De- to, desperate yeah to get
2: people to watch dynamite but it's not working anymore mm. so i don't know why you would keep going back to that well i don't know who in within AEW that needs to say to him this is not working you can probably look at the data and see it's never been a big ratings draw. It probably was early doors, but the diminishing returns of them has meant that it's probably not a ratings room In the same way that Dixie Carter has a special announcement yeah. for impact, didn't draw anymore.
1: And what usually was that special announcement?
2: We are doing shows in
1: Kentucky. <laughs> Gunners signed a multi-year deal. Gunner, yeah. That's the most frequent one I remember. I think if you, it's a shame because uh, AEW have had so many genuinely amazing announcements. And they could probably do a, a huge, genuinely major announcement every couple of months. You know, like Ric Flair's signed with the company, or we, yeah, we will be going back next year to, to
2: Wembley Stadium. If they hadn't have already announced they were doing all in 2024, then you probably could have had that as part of this important yeah. announcement. We're going back to Wembley Stadium on this date. But this is information we already knew mm. so to then a, a big announcement would be oh at that event there's going to be tickets for it that doesn't feel like news mm. because you, there had to be tickets going on sale do you what did you think it was
1: going to be when you I,
2: saw tony's tweet x I, I actually had a feeling it was going to be something disappointing <laughs> because i've been sort of i've been programmed to not get excited for them because it's never really anything were noteworthy, or very rarely is it something noteworthy that I I don't get the same buzz and excitement about them as I once did. I'm it's white noise to me now.
1: I don't use social media. So I didn't know about this announcement even being a thing until I watched it this morning. So I was like, oh okay, McGuinness is there. (gasps) Well, they WWE have just announced the Bash in Berlin show recently. Maybe they're gonna run another big show in europe they're gonna do a paper oh my god they're gonna do a pay-per-view in europe
2: and it was it was right actually it was just the pay-per-view in europe they'd already announced i thought maybe they'll do something announce something with cmll Mm -hmm. you know like they'll do a showdown in mexico with that partnership tv deal well we're
1: you know you can watch everything roh everything on the what's it called max streaming service yeah
2: but and like the back catalogue of pay-per-views, yeah. the original all ins on there, but no, it was yeah. Disappointing to say the least, and it's disappointments of their own making, because they hyped this up to a degree that it did yeah. not need to be.
1: I uh I must admit though, I get a kick out of them. <laughs> <laughs> there are very few times when Tony Khan appears on screen for me now, and I'm I'm like, oh this is this is going to be fun.
2: Well, that as well, because it's Tony Khan, you know, he's reading off a prompter, but then he's like, can you put something in the script that makes me sound like I'm a, a normal human being? And so the script in there, your dad's had the Christmas trip since July. So it's like, I've got a special treat for you for Christmas. And uh, uh, Nigel, uh, uh, my, my my dad has had the Christmas trip since, since I've, I've watched the Muppet Christmas Carol three times. And the <laughs> I've, I've watched them all.
1: It was uh yeah he said it's the 1st of November, holiday season's upon us, people are putting up Christmas trees already. At that point I was like
2: no one's putting up a Christmas tree <laughs> right now. Well, Mariah Carey like November 1st did a big thing of just like all I want for Christmas is time to is for you to listen to this song again.
1: But still did, I, most people
2: first of December. Right? I, I for me it's first of December. Yeah. That that is when like stroke of midnight first of december is when i will play mariah carey's all i want for christmas so. and
1: i've i've heard from most americans that they don't consider christmas to be worth mentioning until thanksgiving has passed because they've got an extra holiday yeah.
2: and unnecessary one as well to add in there come on guys you already
1: halloween then it's christmas so already it's like someone's explained what the common man does to tony khan <laughs> around christmas and it's just not it's not gonna I, 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 yeah it's the christmas tree's and then to try and relate, he says, and he stumbles over the words at the start. he says, My my parents' house have had a Christmas tree up since July. Oh,
2: just not, oh my <laughs> god, Annoid. this is so good. And Nigel was like, <laughs> "Yeah, all right, mate. Let's uh, let's just read the next line, shall we?" I just like, oh man, you're. I,
1: I don't. It was it was not a good joke. Just like fundamentally, not a good joke. delivered delivered not very well. Uh, the the context of all of it just. It, Tony feels like a guy that hangs out with his parents a lot, which is, you know, <laughs> which, which is, is sweet, fine. which is really nice. nice.
2: I hang out with my parents I when I am kid. I know, I'm, I love I my do.
1: parents. But it's just like when you're also running a major wrestling promotion where there's this kind of stigma about wrestling fans living in their parents' <laughs> basements. I do, it all tapped into that in my head when he said, I do, you know, Vince McMahon would never say, oh yeah well you know i was around my parents house earlier <laughs> you know you've been to a man stop behaving like a little boy
2: it was quite spectacular in that sense yeah. um i i was joking about thanksgiving as well just before you know don't revolt against me
0: them.
1: Um, let's see what you'll think in the Omega chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support to get in your chats there. William Rosmer says, Tony Khan, I have an important announcement tonight on Dynamite. Everyone else, you're, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Princess well. Bride quote there.
2: Yeah. I mean, in fairness, important <clears throat> announcement it was. Yeah. Just hype too much. Yeah. They, particularly when you're going into a European war next year. It is an important announcement. Just overhyped.
1: David Evans. What's occurring, gents? The scale for Tony Khan's announcements is, one, we'll hear from, two, important announcement, three, very important announcement, four, huge announcement. Credit to Joel Pearl on Fightful's Overbooked in the Weeds for that okay. breakdown
2: there. I don't I don't remember the very important mm.
1: Matt Hennessy here says Sean and Jimmy uh, Jimmy Van of Fightful put it best on the Hump. Uh, the Hump.
2: That's uh, the show that oh, yeah. it used to be called the List in Your Boy, mm. and then they renamed it to the Hump,
1: like the bump. Yes. Tony Khan is coming across as the boy who cried wolf with these announcements, promoting these big announcements that could and should have been on social media. Honestly, doing them every few weeks comes across as desperation by Tony. Why is Willow getting a Women's World title match after losing her last few matches on TV? She lost to Chris in a TBS title match at Battle of the Belts, then lost a number one contenders match to... I haven't Abaddon. said this word for a while Abaddon on Rampage last week it really shows Tony Khan's carelessness with the women's division the wins and losses don't matter also I don't watch AEW for Ring of Honor Tony please stop putting Ring of Honor title matches on AEW put them on ROH for the love of God I thought we learned our lesson from last year it would be great to try and make the AEW trios titles matter rather than be a prop on a comedy
2: team it's not wrong for it to be on a comedy team the trios titles But I don't I,
1: think they're a comedy team
2: either no but I do agree that like when they said hey there's an ROH six-man tag title match i was like okay cool yeah. i mean really I actually the, the fact that it was for an ROH six-man title i was like i'm not bothered about that but hangman Page is there which means i know swerve strickland isn't far mm. behind that's what actually got me excited for that match yeah and it delivered yeah
1: no mm uh yeah i totally agree on willow as well like she's been beaten a
2: lot and i just just don't put her in that position literally well they did it so they could do the sky blue angle afterwards because heaven forbid you do two different women's segments (laughs) (laughs) that aren't part of what the same segment but yeah like she literally lost a number one contendership match Mm. on friday then just got a title match anyway
1: Let's get into some good stuff, though. Kevin says, I burst out laughing when Team TNA showed up. Not a fan of Bullet Club winning, though. I'd have Cass to take the belt shot during the match so MJF could capitalise on this, get his belt back, and then celebrate and scissor the acclaimed. It was weird seeing Max celebrate with the acclaimed and pose for the crowd since he lost clean and was the one who got pinned. And it's getting more weird that MJF is spending this long without the thing he cares about the
2: most, which is his belt. Or maybe, maybe he's getting fulfilled elsewhere with friends. I... I actually disagree with that as well because Max was selling the disappointment of losing like he on his face was telling you that he was upset that he lost this match mm. and like his celebrations in the corner were very much just a yeah okay I'm a babyface, pose for the crowd as opposed to, yeah, I'm I was celebrating the thing. It wasn't the same level. He was selling that he was gutted that he'd got pinned that match and did not get his world title back, which is the thing that he does want. That's why he agreed to this eight-man tag with no potential friends. So I, I, I don't think I fully agree with that. And I actually really like Bullet Club Gold winning as well. Matt Hennessy says, I really was
1: into the Omega and Callis family feud, but Jericho being put in and being made the main focus has hurt the feud rather than help it. Cassidy continues to do great work as international champion. Sting retirement story is great. The Edge and Christian rivalry is fun. And the MJF is the best thing in AEW right now. Honestly, this is a three out of five show for me, to be honest. It's where I landed as well. Me too. Nathan, maybe the masked man is O'Reilly. He returns to try and reunite Cole and Roddy. Cole wouldn't leave, Max, so we get a Carl-Roddy heel run and a tag match for the ROH tag titles. Later we get Carl versus MJF for the AEW title. I love this story, if it's not obvious.
2: Yeah, we got, uh, Riley was the name that we uh, Tempest and I bandied around mm. when they first did the, the Devil attack. Have you seen who the current front runner is, though? No. Britt Baker. Oh! So they, and I mean, actually, they, the AEW actually had something quite big on social media yesterday, which is they've done a partnership with Doja Cat and it's about i mean there's a reason why it's that's not. a huge announcement well, that, that, that's what i was getting to and like is there, I, I know why they didn't put it on tv those because it was uh, promoting the women so that's why that's definitely why it wasn't on tv um but within that brit baker did like the little she devil mm. devil horns things like um terry used to do mm. and when the attacker first went what a lot of people point out to was like it's quite a feminine frame on that devil uh there. So yeah, apparently Britt Baker is the Ooh. social media current number one front runner. Uh, Ronan C.
1: I've become disillusioned with AEW recently. I went to All In and really enjoyed it, but I don't feel Weekly TV is interesting currently. Feels like Tony Khan is booking an indie show with matches that will be good, but overall, I don't feel like I have to tune in.
2: That's a lot about the current state of how good wrestling is at the moment. Yeah, where someone's someone is sending an ultra chat there to say like Tony Khan just keeps just keeps putting on great wrestling. I don't know why I need to tune in for that. I'm just getting these dream matches
1: every week, and I <laughs> like. like Give me something else. <laughs> I do I do get the sentiment. Yeah, yeah there yeah. is. Uh, and finally for now, Demand Gamer. Honestly, my biggest AEW problem at the moment is it's quickly becoming more expensive to consume in terms of time and money. WWE is about six hours versus AEW's five hours weekly, but the $60 pay-per-views going monthly is just too expensive, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, it's what WWE kind of learns. In the you know two thousand six two thousand seven actually they kind of ran through it for a while and they were doing like fifteen pay per views a year mm. each of which were fifty dollars that not everyone was buying every pay per view and so you ended up just doing these at a loss
1: but it was in the late nineties well mid nineties WWE upgrading the price of uh, their B shows which were the in your house shows the really made wwe the sort of
2: financial juggernaut it became today when you are hot you can run monthly pay-per-views at 60 dollars, mm. and people will pay for them
1: well let's get in with the rest of the show please keep getting those in your chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support I really liked the opening of this episode. Felt a bit fresh. They did recap packages for Cassidy and Claudio and the Bullet Club Best Friends thing. And then they also focused on the Kenny and MJF recap.
2: Really like this, mm. yeah.
1: And then, before we even get the opening credits, it goes to Renee Paquette with MJF, Adam Coles on a Thunderdome screen. He's not shaving his beard yeah. either. Absolute state of him. Looks like me. He looked just... He's such a nice guy. Oh, I, yeah. just, I just get such good vibes from him. He's kind eyes. Yeah. He's got
2: kind eyes. Yeah, he's such a good heel. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Because of the kind
1: eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and he, 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 I thought he had some great lines here. Like, he's so sorry he can't be there, number one, because you've just become the longest reigning champion of, of, of AEW history. I want to be there to celebrate for you. But also, I know what it's like to have everyone gunning for me. And that's what you've got right now and you haven't got me to back you
2: up. Loved it. Uh, he's like, I think you should accept Samoa Joe's mm. offer. And is like, all right, cool. Well, I need to go find some partners for the eight-man tag because I've got no friends at the moment. And as he walks off, Adam! <laughs> Adam! Roderick Strong rolls in, and if I didn't think that Roddy could be any better at this gimmick, but he's now found the way to be perfect at this gimmick, which is that he now has a mustache. We should have done a mustache break. He's got a mustache now. Mm. He now looks perfect. <laughs> he looks like Ned Flanders. <laughs> so he's
1: uh, he's effectively saying, Look, Max is obviously the devil. Yeah. That's basically what and Cole, says to say Cole hangs up. Yeah. And then we get that devil flash. Yeah. Uh, and then into the I thought we were gonna go straight to the main event, but then we got the full opening check the room. I
2: three, think it makes sense two, to get John do, you want to do it again. Four, three, two, <laughs> one. I like. Dynamite, Violet, Dynamite, um, with the Dynamite, with Boo, Dynamite. I it makes sense as well because MJF, as we've seen over the ratings patterns for uh, Dynamite last week and Collision this week, is the needle mover in mm. AEW. Last week's Dynamite, if you didn't see our Collision review when we were talking about this, had like over a million viewers at the start of the show. And it stayed like at that sort of 960, 950 mark until MJF left the screen. So that first half hour, the first two quarters was like 950, like averaging about 950, 960. MJF leaves 200,000 people tune out. It is a sharp drop-off for everything else that's in the show. And then it picks up for the main event and then picks up with the overrun. Collision is actually the opposite of what usual ratings patterns are for wrestling shows. So that's like 450, 460, stays consistent shoots up when mjf's title match starts and that's it, like the absolute peak of the show was the first quarter of it and then the second quarter so they took that knowledge and they structured a show
1: where mjf would appear every 15 to 20 minutes
2: so bloody exactly
1: we got a. I i love night long storylines self-contained episodes like this mjf has to find his three partners to face Bullet Club Gold in the main event. Yeah. And we kept
2: coming back backstage to him approaching different people. Uh, But our opening contest was Orange Cassidy defending the International Championship against Claudio Castagnoli, which was basically a match designed to show you just how strong Claudio is. Oh, he's a strong boy. He's a very
1: strong boy. There was a moment where Orange Cassidy jumped off the top rope in a splash position, and Claudio called him but also span him, like he caught him and instantly span him round into a backbreaker. Yeah. And I just thought, but that was only your wrists.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's only your wrists that twisted a whole adult man. He counted uh, the tornado spinning DDT into the giant swing Mm. with no wasted motion. It was absolutely perfect. Like a lot of this was so, so great. I even really enjoyed, like there was a bit of uh, Cassidy trying to play possum there was a moment when uh claudio had like had him almost dead to rise he was going to set up for the neutralizer but Casti kept dropping down and it was Casty being like oh well i'm gonna outsmart him i'm gonna outfox him but every time he then tried to pin him claudio was like no <laughs> no i'm too strong and i'm gonna stop you <laughs> probably lobbed uh Castie around yeah like you
1: know but in last week's main event and he hit that huge uppercut and Casty got so much air on it yeah, I guess this is... Um, I've heard this is what a lot of Chikara was like when Claudio was in there. Yeah. You just... Because Cassidy was one of the fire ants, I think. Mm-hmm. And Claudio would just throw these people around like because he's such a strong base.
2: I think he was fire ants. Cassidy was. I think Cassidy right. was fire ants,
1: yeah. So Wheeler Uta was trying to get involved, but the referee sent him to the back. Hook made sure he went to the back, and then we got a, a clip of... Both of them sort of having a verbal confrontation. Pat Buck stepped in. Yeah, he did. God, he's so noticeable, isn't he? <laughs> Bright red hair, suit, everyone else in hoodies. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, Yeah, there's Pat That's Buck. That's the guy that feuded with Nia Jax. There's the ex-WWE guy
3: from backstage.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, Cassidy sort of got a nice run at the end, but it was really neck and neck, and it was Cassidy... Turning, what was it? he's turned something into a Hurricane Rana pin.
2: I think it might have been a power bomb. So it might have gone from like yeah. a Ricola bomb or something. It's like basically, the story was he survived that match. Mm-hmm. I also really loved Claudio trying to do a rainmaker because he's like fired mm-hmm. up and pissed off at Kazuchika ricarda and he's pissed off at Orange Cassidy for injuring Danielson because they're playing in kayfabe that it was them that hurt Danielson mm-hmm. when actually it happened in the Andrade match the week previous.
1: I love what happened in the post match here. I thought all three guys performed perfectly. Casty rolls out right away because yeah, he just got the wind there. And Claudio just stands there looking at him, pissed off, and Moxley's music hits. Moxie comes through the crowd, gets in the ring. Claudio all the time just looking at Casty. Back to Moxley. Casty really coolly, just like, all right, I'm going to come for you, Moxley. He does give an F. And he goes in and, of course, Moxley beats the living hell out of him. He beat the piss
2: out of this poor boy. Ooh, took him to school. He sure did. Take him down to market, sell those oranges. (laughs) Claudio had to drag Moxley off. Because Claudio beat up the security and like, you know, let Mox have his fun. But then after I was like, all
1: right,
2: right, you've had had enough now.
1: Uh, So that was was really, really good, I thought. Um, More of that later. Well, actually, let's just jump to this great Mox promo backstage a bit later on saying he gave Orange Cassidy respect uh, All Out. He left the ring when he had won the title to acknowledge Cassidy's title reign. And you might like, for Moxley, Blackpool Combat Club, that is, a, that is a show of respect. Sure is. But Orange Cassidy did not show him the same respect back because Cassidy w- took the match with Phoenix to win the belt back. That was meant to be Moxley's match. I love how they've taken what was a cluster F of injuries. Oh, yeah. And turned it into Mox's motivation. Here. I
2: really liked all of this. This mm. was great stuff. And yeah. then They announced later on they're having a match at full gear.
1: MJF's backstage. He's trying to find a partner, of course. He goes to knock on Kenny Omega's door, but Chris Jericho answers. Ruins everything. Yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Jericho. We could have had Kenny Omega in the main event. Just with a smirk. And MJF, like, does. they don't say anything. It's beautiful, like, just non-verbal storytelling jericho closes a door max walks off and just goes what a prick (laughs) yeah
2: calls him an asshole and then wardlow uh, attacks mjf to let him know that he's going to take everything off of him and the acclaimed offered their services kind of like a running gag throughout the Mm. night was every time max was being like attacked by someone or being turned down by someone the acclaimed were there to be like hey but us though and really it was max caster being like hey but me Yeah, yeah i after collision i said this to dan I am so excited to see now what Kenny Omega's next step is because I loved the, I loved their match on Collision so much. Teaming with Jericho. I was so excited to see what's next for Kenny Omega and the Don Callis family. And then they announced he was tagging with Jericho against not the Jericho Appreciation Society. I was like, Oh, okay fair enough yeah. then yeah all Right. well that, that's all of my excitement diminished i guess well there's a show in ontario canada coming oh, up man i was like so s- you gotta get the boys back together i was so excited and then jericho shows up and I'm like no stop dragging kenny stop dragging kenny's coolness down remember when kenny was cool yeah. for a couple of week periods when jericho wasn't around and all of a sudden jericho shows back up and all of a sudden kenny feels uncool again good one chris <laughs> What an asshole.
1: Um, speaking of uncool, the ROH <laughs> trios titles. I, I, I loved, again, the first half hour of this show, which is everything we just covered. Uh, and then this is where I just sort of fell out of step with it. We got the Hung Bucks defending their ROH trios titles against the embassy. Uh, the embassy, of course, Swerve Strickman's heavies. heavies. It's the Gates of Agony. It's Brian Cage. No Prince Nana, no Swerve Strickland.
2: And they were putting over that Nana was, was is scared. Mm. He's scared to go out there in case Hangman goes after him. As he bloody well should be. Because I sound like
1: William Regal. <laughs> he bloody as well, as you well should be. bloody well should be. Uh, because last week was one of the best promo angle segments I've seen all year. And it was where Swerve invaded Hangman's home, but in a really sinister, realistic way, and cut a promo on his baby. It's terrifying. Oh. Brilliant. That sounds hokey, but it really was psychologically subversive. So I was really excited to see what Hangman would do here. Last thing we saw, he was running to the back to save his family and presumably beat the living crap out of Swerve. Let's just have a normal match here against um, people directly connected to (laughs) Swerve and Nana
2: i i didn't even really think about it until you mentioned it. i was like yeah they just had a match they just, just had a normal they just match. had a normal match the story of this match should have been
1: the be- the bell doesn't even ring hangman just goes for brian cage he's beating the piss out of him he's beating the piss out of the gates of agony the bucks are like no whoa hangman no come back come back get your head in the this is a title defense and hangman is just consumed by rage and hate because swerve has crossed the line that's how they lose the tag tit the trio's titles. Yeah. Not because Swerve and Nana Na come out like it's some WWE lazy booking bollocks and Hangman chases them off, leaving the Bucks to just get squashed yeah. by the Gates of Agony and Brian Cage. Titles changed hands. I don't care.
2: No, no. I, I I was really disappointed in this segment. Me too me me too i like the intensity of hangman chasing swerve <coughs> up the ramp and the, the the altercation they had backstage and they announced they're going to do the rematch at uh, full gear that's all grand but you had a real opportunity here to do a hot follow up to the angle you shot last week and what you did was a regular wrestling mm. match with a title change for titles that mean nothing and the young bucks then had a little temper tantrum afterwards and we're breaking up the elite
1: yeah Seen that?
2: Yeah, been there, done that. What happened to them facing the tag champions at full gear?
1: Yeah, they won. The, they're the
2: number one contenders. I don't think they're doing that now. After that, MJF's backstage. I think Jerry Lynn's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think Dave Meltzer's right and Jerry Lynn is wrong. There's a sad day when we have to sit here and say Jerry Lynn is wrong. I love Jerry Lynn. Yeah. Jerry Lynn's one of my boys. But I think Jerry Lynn is wrong. His whole deal of like, no, 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 we do still have plans in place. We're not just giving them the chance so they leak it to the dirt sheet. I'm watching the product, mate. A lot of this feels like you're just booking it on the fly. Mm.
1: MJF's backstage. He goes to knock on Samoa Joe's door, but thinks better of it. I, lo- I love that. Just yeah. this small moment really gets across everything. I think it's building to Joe and MJF defending the ROH tag belts.
2: Yeah. I think you could do that and then maybe do MGF Joe at World's End. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like I, I was thinking about this. I in think, Long Island. In Long Island. I was also thinking you could do it's like a triple threat with Wardlow in there as well. Oh like, that's all, nice. Suddenly all of the challenges converge on him at the same time. Because on um collision after the title win, it wasn't just Joe and Wardlow. Mm. Hobbs was watching backstage as well. So you could almost do a fatal four-way. It's Hobbs that it's on. that TNT
1: title picture from last yeah last year. Uh Leveling up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then MJF goes to Darby Allen's locker room and he looks here and he picks off the sign and he writes emo bitch. Just, I love that. Even in his hour of need, when he really needs a friend, he just can't (laughs) get over how much he hates Darby Allen. He's our, that's our scumbag. That's our scumbag. Yeah. Uh, And he rejects the acclaimed again. I didn't really, it's not I didn't like this next segment. I just thought, They wasted a bit more potential. So Adam Copeland comes out, Tony Schiavone is doing the in ring interview adam copeland is going to talk about whether he's going to team with sting and darby at
2: full gear if i may can i do an impression of what happened here mm-hmm. because tony Schiavone said adam copeland and then bam, 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 ba-dam, 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 ba-dam. on his day adam copeland runs down and he's all fired up and he's playing to the crowd and he's playing to the other side of the crowd and he runs down to the ring and he's playing up to the crowd and then tony Schiavone's like tell me about christian he's like tell <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> you about christian can we- <laughs> oh god, oh, god staying on uh, attack with him him. Just give me a second. Yeah, I could
1: probably I could probably t- do. T- in god, interrupt way. me, Christian. <laughs> interrupt me now. Come on,
2: please. Where's the music?
1: <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. You proper
2: yeah. ultimate warrior to himself yeah. to do this promo segment.
1: I, I bet being a wrestler's is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get carried away.
2: Me too. Cher Delaware from Fightful was at this show, and when he came out, she tweeted, oh, I forgot Adam Copeland was in AEW.
1: So Christian interrupts pretty quickly, and he threatens to snap Edge's neck if he doesn't stay away from this 3 uh, six-man tag, and that his daughters will have to wipe away the drool from his face for the rest of his life. Or, you know, horrible line, but I would say no nastier than any other lines that Christian has said. So Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne get in. They go to attack Copeland. Copeland beats him down, but Christian comes in. They beat him up. They're going to do the concerto. Darby bullets in. Seems fine now after that broken arm. Sting's in as well. It's probably still broken. It's just that I don't think he cares. (laughs) And Darby, there's three elbows in your arm. (laughs) (laughs) And... It actually built to a really nice visual and a really nice spot where Christian's beating up, I think it was Darby in the corner. And of course, we can all see Edge gearing up in the opposite corner for the spear. Copeland, I'm sorry. Cage turns around, spear, great. And yeah, he confirms I'm going to team with Sting and Darby
2: at the Full Gear show. <clears> there <throat> was quite a good little story mm. leading into this. I quite liked Copeland's whole, I will not
3: fight my brother.
2: I thought that was a really fun angle to do. Sting and Darby really want Copeland to be tagging with him. He's like, look, I know he said bad things, but he is my brother and I can't do that. Metaphorical, of course. Yeah. I can't fight him. Well, some, sometimes literally. Sometimes brother. literal. I want to save him. And then this week was like, nah, I'm just going to tag. and I'm just going to hit the spear on you. And yeah, I'm fighting you at the pay-per-view. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, all the nuance we had going into the storyline has just been dropped away so we can announce the match ahead of time. Cool. Grand.
1: Which is fine. Because I'm just... Yeah. Usually AEW presents me with a better story than what I'm thinking of. And in this case, obviously we'll see how it plays out. But this is significantly less than the story I was interested in. Yeah. For me, I think you could have announced copeland with sting and darby he's like look my only condition i'm not gonna lay a a finger on christian and you two i'll I'll beat the living crap out of uh, luchasaurus and nick wayne but you two have to handle christian and then within that that's like what a tense thing in the match he has to tag out oh no he's gonna hit christian No, he tags out and then in that match that's when you pay off the spear that's the finish
2: of this match yeah I'm not here to fight you in this match. I'm here to save you in this match.
1: Yeah. And and then, you know, oh, he's finally hit the spear on Christian. He looks at him. No, what have I done? Darby gets the pin, maybe. Oh. It's a coffin drop out so, of nowhere, yeah. So
2: interesting. Yeah. But right now, it's like, nope, baby's in, baby face in the heels. Nope, it's just Copeland Sting and Darby versus the Christian Coalition at the pay-per-view. And it will be a grand match, but I think there was a much more interesting story that this show was telling. This is not us... Fantasy booking a story in our head that we prefer. This is the story they were telling on TV, and I've now just done a different story.
1: We got Tony Khan's important announcement. 2.0 took on Jericho and Omega here, the Don Callis family on commentary. Of course, now with bonus Carl Fletcher. Looking slick. He looks cool. Um, cool
2: Fletcher, more like.
1: Yeah, Jer- but, you know, someone who isn't cool, <laughs> right now at least, is Jericho and I feel like the, I thought the crowd were going to be really excited for this but why?
2: Felt, well Kenny's wrestling yeah but it's like, he's being dragged down mm. like, there's a really cool thing happening here with, with Kenny and the Callus family but then like Jericho and the formerly known as Jericho appreciation you're at ringside I'm like oh, no one's really interested in this bit I, I really thought I know there
1: was a promo afterwards in the reveal of Paul White But I really think this could have benefited from just 30 seconds to a minute of promo time for Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange on the mic, in the ring, burying Kentucky, burying everyone. Just, like, get the crowd hot because they're great promos. Mm -hmm. And then they'd be into it for this, like, what was, I thought, a weirdly cold... Jericho Omega match. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Yeah. I
2: don't think this was a particularly well-miked crowd, though. Obviously, ticket sales aren't great for the area, yeah. but like this was not a well-miked crowd.
1: But they were hot later on. You know, kangaroo kick, everyone's going crazy. MJF on, is on another level, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, Omega took out Hager when he was trying to interfere. Daddy Magic used the bat on Chris Jericho when he was attempting a lion's salt, Cool spot. Uh, Jericho kicked out and dodged um, Parker trying to murder him. <laughs> Full on swang that bad of these head. Yeah. But I like the idea that the Callis family paid them to do that and it was going to be a DQ. So. Uh, but Jericho uh, hit the Judas effect. Judas effect for the win. Great. So afterwards, Don and the family came down and challenged them to an eight man tag in two weeks time in Ontario, Canada. And Mega said, well, I'll have Kota Ibushi join us. Your, hopefully this one this one's a good one your bi-monthly <laughs> appearance
2: <laughs> what deal is he on <laughs> <laughs> well I think he's now signed is he I think he's t- he told like a Japanese newspaper oh yeah I've, fi- I've only just officially signed with the company yeah but it was like a month ago or so I guess and then Jericho
1: said well I've got someone else who's bigger than powerhouse Hobbs and Don's like there's no one bigger than you know just perfectly setting up this reveal there's no one bigger than powerhouse hobs and they announce Paul White yep tall Paul tall Paul which I love I love Paul White uh, I I just when he came out it wasn't one of those like oh cool
2: badass reveals it was. Your knees look like they're going to collapse. It's when he was just walking out. just was just like this box. Yeah. He was coming out. And then he did the punch on Carl Fletcher. And I was like, oh, no. Mm. This is um, yeah, a lot of smoke and mirrors. A lot of working mm. in the corner. A lot of walk and brawl. But I'd probably not do too much walking. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, like, as I said, like after Collision, I was so excited for the Kenny thing. Because they told such a good story in that match, which is that Kenny he can beat mjf Mm. when he goes back to being the cleaner which is what he had to do in the match he tried to out he tried to keep pace with mjf early doors and he couldn't because he's younger than him and then kenny's not 25 anymore Mm. so it's like okay so he went back to being the cleaner and you know it's snap dragons on the apron it's the doctor bomb off the apron through a table it's like i am kenny by god omega and he goes to hit the one-winged angel then Callus comes out no matter how good kenny is no matter how good the cleaner can be no matter how much he can beat mjf he can't do anything while don Callis is still in his life i was so so into this and now it's like no more bs paul <laughs> and he just comes out not being able to walk properly and he punches Cal i'm like ah oh, this is lame yeah like it's just within three days just lame again it's amazing, though, that we're going to get a Jericho Show
1: Golden Lovers team-up. Yeah. And I don't care. Well, I don't think I'd ever have cared about that. <laughs> because it's, those things don't match up in my head. I never once thought I can't wait to see Kota Ibushi team with Big Show. Yeah. But it's happening. It's, it's certainly a thing that's happening. Um, we'll, we'll see how
2: they work it. You know, a lot of people have been like, guys, it's in... on," And also, they said it's in Ontario, California... Um, so it's not in in, oh it's in california it's not even in canada then why are we doing this (laughs) what are we doing this for then they said ontario and i was like oh right they're in canada that makes sense uh
1: kenny and jericho are then interviewed backstage by renee in the elites locker room and the bucks just interrupt particularly matt who i i really like him as a promo and he's annoyed with jericho he's like look why is this guy here I don't. For, I haven't forgotten about when he assaulted our dad a couple of years ago. He's cut from the same cloth as Don. He'll betray you eventually, Kenny, and the Bucks storm out. And Kenny actually, you weren't good enough. That's why you lost your titles. Mm-hmm. So a lot of tension there.
2: Yeah. I just want to see Kenny on a singles run. Yeah. It's, all, know. it's all I'm after. I'm after a you know a good a good Kenny Takeshita match again, and just turn the Bucks
1: heel and make him good. Yeah. <laughs> Why, why are the Elite intent on being not the best versions of the
3: Elite? <laughs> I get
1: like, do a, do a year-long storyline of that, cool. But you've done it for a long time now.
2: Do you think the Elite story of we're not as good as we once was is uh, Vince McMahon's uh, genius monster gimmick? Mm. Of just like i can get this over. yeah yeah i think so vince loves the genius monster he's like i can get this over just give me the right guy and i can get this idea over mike knox (laughs) that is eric rowan (laughs) that is the elite breaking up and being bad Mm. like we can get this over because they're not even doing being the elite at the moment like they haven't done it for like three or four weeks or something it's just been the colt cabana and brandon cutler show so like there's they're doing the story of like we are not as strong as we once were And they just cannot get it over because that's not what people want to see out of the Bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh,
1: I don't feel like I've ever had that as well. I I guess we got it in blood and guts, but it wasn't like, where's the then successful run off the back of that? Yeah, (laughs) that was meant to be the start, surely. Willow Nightingale then took on Sheeda. We've already talked about Nightingale having this match, being both silly from uh, wins and losses perspective because she lost on Friday and on Saturday. And then here as well. But also, just why are you putting her in positions to get beaten? I feel like Nightingale is, is quite, a, quite a special talent in AEW, yet they are just treating her like woman number three who can get pe- beaten by a Sheeda or a
2: Statlander or a Soho. She, uh, she won the Owen Heart tournament. I forgot about, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that's what I mean. She got a belt there. Yeah, look at the follow-up. like she, she was the inaugural new Japan strong women's championship, the belt designed for Mercedes Manet. and yeah, she's just someone on the roster. Mm. Um, that this match did not have
1: any heat but they did start to get the crowd into it because they I thought they worked really well by the, the end. Avalanche Falcon Arrow from Sheeda. Nightingale kicks out at one and then does the pounce. We love to see a pounce mm-hmm. on this show. um, And then, yeah, a couple of near falls back and forth. Sheeda wins clean. Yeah. So it's like great, great for Willow, I guess.
2: So going by our usual logic and standard of this, there won't be a hikaru shida match next week because that's now three matches she's had since winning mm. the belt so i don't think she'll now have another match on tv until full gear
1: or they're trying to do the international title defend every week
2: so because she's going to lose it at full gear yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. she's got a few title defenses under her belt then she can lose it at full gear
1: transitional champion year oh yeah um Tony Storm then came out and tried to steal the spotlight of Shida's latest victory. I liked this. Yeah, this was this was much better than last week because Shida was just like nope yeah. and ran up to her, ran into the black and white weld as well, which I thought was quite fun. Just knocked over Luther.
2: Yeah. I thought it was a, I really yeah. liked this. Because it was, you know, last week we had that Ultra Chat in being like, I don't like that Tony Storm is stealing the spotlight because it's taken away from Shida. And I was like, No, that's the point. Mm. It's like that's the that's the story we're telling here. And then she did it again on Saturday after the Abaddon match. So I really liked here. She when Tony Storm came out, she'd have went, Ugh! Like, <laughs> a proper big oh my you again reaction, and then just like I've had enough of this, mm-hmm. got out the ring, pushed Luthor out of the way, and attacked Tony Storm and sent her to the back. I thought that was really really good because that is that's the match we're going to get at full gear. Then
1: in the ring, lights cut out after that. Lights come back up. Julia Hart is behind Willow Nightingale. What's going to happen? Sky Blue runs down, looks at Julia Hart, turns round and looks at Willow. And then looks back at Julia Hart. Blue Mist. The Blue Mist. That's quite quite a fun spin on the Mist, I think.
2: What the, I mean, we did this before. Like, what does each
1: Mist do? Oh, yeah. Well, there's a Laurie Explained video about all the Mists. Mist. I think it makes you sad, doesn't it?
2: Wrestling. It's not
1: what a goth needs. <laughs> More sadness. Here we go. Uh,
2: blue sends the opponents to sleep. Well, well do that here.
1: Julia did not fall asleep here. She rolled out the ring, covered blue, yeah, and looked annoyed.
2: I, I liked this as well, because I, I've been quite enjoying this Sky Blue, Julia oh. Hart story. It sort of got put on, not hold, but because there's been no Julia Hart on TV because she went on her honeymoon. Then we've just had Sky Blue mm-hmm. just getting more and more gothy makeup, wearing Scooby-Doo outfits. And I've been kind of enjoying some of the work they've been doing there. So this is a nice payoff for this. yeah. But because it is you know, they can only have one segment on TV. You've got to do both of the storylines you're currently doing in the same segment, hence why Willow Nightingale was the one to lose this match. She had to be in this match, otherwise you can't do the follow-up segments. Yeah. I, I, I
1: liked it, both these bits individually, but yeah, I agree. They should have been spread out. Yeah. A bit. Uh, MJF is then on the floor, dejected backstage. There's nobody left. Acclaimed come over and say, come on, we know there's nobody else. You're gonna team with us as long as you scissor me and wear what's in this bin bag.
2: And he looks at it and he's like, "Oh no, there's someone. There's some other team. I've got one more team left to ask." And he turns, and the camera turns round, and it's Team TNA and it's Jared, and it's Lethal, and it's Dut, and it's Karen Jarrett, and so, and Satnam Singh, and they're going, yeah!
1: You and me!
3: Let's tag together! It's us! It's Team TNA! Yeah.
1: Camera pans back to Max, he looks at the bin and goes, oh crap. <laughs> and he walks off with the bag. This... Best thing on the show. I love this. Actually, yeah. the best thing on the show.
2: I I, remember when I was ha-ha at team TNA. Yeah. It was the perfect reveal. They were yucking. Yeah. They were y- <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. They're great mid-card heels. Yeah. If if this was WWF in 2018, they'd be in the main event. Yeah. But, were. like, they are in the perfect spot mm. in AEW, which is so low down <laughs> the card. It's a perfect place for them. Uh, then the main event happens. So the
1: Gang Bang Gang have their... Awesome entrance with the Michael Bay bad boys rotating camera. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's see how they're going to do this. Because now we know it's the acclaimed, but they've sort of been teasing it up as a mystery partner. And it's the acclaimed who come out first. So the focus was actually on MJF coming out in the pink gear. Yeah. For me, like, you know, it's nice. It, it makes sense. I just. It wasn't the climax to this weeks of thing that I thought we were going to get.
2: No, I, I said this on Collision because like I, you know, I made my pitch last week it being all of the challenges which is why I was really excited when he knocked on Kenny Omega's door and I'm annoyed that Chris Jericho ruined yeah. it. Um, but I, as I said on Collision, I'll be really happy if it's the Acclaimed because it makes sense and they've set up it to see the Acclaimed. Also, the Acclaimed are great and i like to see them yeah. get a lot more on TV than they're currently getting. So I was happy that it was the Acclaimed because it just makes complete sense. And the reveal of Max coming out with wearing the acclaimed gear—it it didn't get the overwhelming reaction that, say, MJF and Adam were getting. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, not, it's yeah, nowhere yeah. near the levels of "Better Than You, Baby" we're getting. It was just like a, hey, this is fun. Like Max got, you know, some good, uh, a good like, oh, when he called them New Japan rejects mm-hmm.
1: and the ass boys, yeah. Uh, so that the match was good. a uh, re- really fun match. Jay White just stayed away from Max the whole time, which was a nice story. Daddy Ass legit turned 60 on this day. 60? No way. Yeah. That's nuts. Isn't that the same age as Sting? No, it's, it's things like 64, I think. How? Can
2: we just check
1: that sting. Billy Gunn is 60?
2: First off, Sting is... Sting is... Oh, no, oh, no, sorry, that's, oh, a, that's a different that's Sting. That's a different Sting. Wrestler. <laughs> Don't Steve Spoder, 64.
1: He's 64. 64. Uh, when I get older, losing my hair
2: is 60. Yeah, November 60 1st,
1: 1963. Oh. Wow. Wow. I mean, he, what, a, what a diet
2: he was moving around he looks great the work he was doing with his kids was great like he was like okay, I'm working with my kids mm-hmm. and the kids were having a lot of like doing some really good stuff with it that, I, I thought this was a really good match I particularly love the MJF Jay White stuff in this mm-hmm. a very MJF match because it mirrored the MJF Punk six man tag that they did during their feud which is that they don't touch mm-hmm. only this time it's MJF so the baby face chest and the only time Jay White laid a finger on on MJF in MJF's back is turned and he hits one Blade Runner and pins him.
1: Yeah, MJF had just hit the kangaroo
2: kick on both ass boys, send them out the ring. He's celebrating. That's when Jay White comes up. What I love about this story, and they've been telling this so well on Dynamite and on Collision, is that MJF is not just facing Jay White, he's facing Bullet Club mm-hmm. Gold. And he, can, he might be able to beat Jay White on his best day. But with Bullet Club Gold on the outside, he is at the disadvantage. And that's exactly what happened in the finish of this match. I really, really like this. Like, I'm preempting. I've not checked. But going by the live chat we had at the start of this show before it started, we're going to have some chats here that aren't into this story. Because mm. I don't think this story is connecting. Certainly not with our audience. The live chat weren't into this. We've had ultra chats over the last few weeks that said, I don't really get Jay White. I'm not really into this story. So I get that it's not connected with our audience man it's connecting with me I really really like this
1: it's really fun I find as well the post-match angle was re- was where the heart was I would say because yeah. the you know, the main event it, you think of we're, we're, we're a couple of weeks out from the pay-per-view and by this point MJF has shifted into a way more serious gear for his feuds like think of the initial Brian Danielson feud that was like two months long that build the first month was sort of comedy trials face this person face that person max goofing around but then by three weeks out he was cutting serious promos and it was just all boom 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 serious 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 i don't feel like we've had that from this feud i you know we're still at a point where oh are two people gonna scissor each other oh it's it's the ass boys it's that you know it's this isn't where the jy mjf feud needs to be for all those detractors to go, oh yeah, actually no, I see what I see what the the excellence is here. Um I think that was meant to happen a couple of weeks ago with the anti-Semitism angle. I think that was the point where it's boom, there's the gear change from comedy jokey, we've stolen your belt to flip it on its head. No, now we're
2: serious. This is a serious blood feud. We're gonna beat the crap out of each other. But it's not happened yet. No, and the backlash that they got for doing that um, has probably made them sort of pull back on mm. that. I mean, they certainly pulled back on it because they never. Oh yeah, actually, they, they, dropped never, it. They, they dropped it immediately, and they just instead focused on MJF wants to get the belt back, and I think MJF is selling that good. And I really, and I think Jay White's doing really good promo work. I really like Juice in this as well. But yeah, as I said, like it's it's certainly not connecting with our audience. Uh,
1: Max Castor dived in front of Jay White's belt shot on Max in the post-match angle, uh, taking the bullet for him, which is, you know, really, really nice poetically. Um, And Jay runs off, and MJF still won't scissor Max Caster. And Daddy Ass says to him very clearly on camera, um, you effing scissor him now. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we get the scissor. Um, and a big four-way scissors spot.
2: Yeah, I really liked MJF selling in this, which is just like you know he did it because it was it was the right thing to do. But his mind is mm. elsewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that was the the end of the show. Genuinely, like I was so shocked when Jay White pinned yeah, MJF. Yeah, yeah really, yeah. really stunned at that, which I which I quite likes.
1: Uh, it does it does certainly make him feel like a more credible challenger. So I think that yeah. the, the booking wise, there definitely the right decision. Me too. Um just the the sort of story character elements around it need to find find a, a more bloody hook. Mm-hmm. Six set so, oh there's no patron shout outs. It's a new Start month.
2: Out. We'll we'll have them starting again next week.
1: But you can come and meet us, remember? Crown Jewel Watch Party Ooh. this Saturday. Should we do a final plug? Don't just take it from me. Take
2: it from me. Watch WWE Crown Jewel 2023 alongside Luke Owen, Ollie Davis, Tempest, Dan Layton from WrestleTalk and over 100 other wrestling fans along with a live version of our board game series, No Holds Board. We'll be raising money for charity and doing our live reactions to Crown Jewel from the venue, which means you'll have the chance to be on camera and be part of the WrestleTalk live experience. This is the the best way to watch wrestling pay-per-views and tickets are available now get your tickets today and we will see you there to be part of moments
3: like this oh my god
2: can you imagine what will happen during those LA nightmare falls, hmm.
1: well, i i mean, I'm going to be rooting for Drew. I think that's, uh, that's in Wrestle pick. League. I've—I've I've got Drew to win. Have you? Yeah, heel turn, sign a new contract, all the stuff. Right, so last call for Omega Chats. Oh, also, link in the video description below. Buy a ticket. Come see us on Saturday. um, Six says, why don't they just say we'll hear from Tony Khan? It doesn't overhype it. We can just go, okay, cool. And when there is a big announcement, we then have something to still be excited
2: by or just have it announced in commentary. Well, the latter part of that is what I would do. Like, as I said at the top of the show, you could have made this announcement on the show and it would have been a totally Mm -hmm. fine, credible announcement to make. It's the hype to do it. And the reason why you don't do as Six suggested is because that doesn't put in the TV ratings, in theory. But, you know, as proven fact, it doesn't do it or it doesn't prove in the ratings either way. Which...
1: Bros says, What do you think of the possibility of Jungle Boy being the one under the devil mask? I've, uh, yeah, I've seen That's that. That's a one good idea, red. actually. I like it being uh, Jack mm.
2: Perry as well. Uh,
1: the Magic Man says, I forgot the ass boys are Billy Gunn's real kids. They sure are. I also forgot that. It wasn't until they started wrestling. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's actually quite a nice, nicely designed feud. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan says, hey, guys, I was at the show last night and thought it was a blast. It was nice that it was Billy Gunn's birthday and they did a celebration after the show. Also, Luke, please inform Dan that the, K- the KFC Yum Center is indeed the best arena in the world. I thought the crowd was pretty loud, lots of chants started, and people were cheering along. Wasn't sure how that would translate to TV, but it seems you guys didn't catch a lot of the crowd noise. I know I was screaming my head off a lot of the time.
2: I think it was one of those ones where it just wasn't mic'd very well or, you know, something in production. But yeah, um, Dan finds the KFC Yum Center as the funniest arena name. I mean, it is. it is. It is a very funny name. It's a frankly stupid name. It is a. It's horrifically stupid.
1: Bacon Rasher. Hi, hi, Bacon Rasher met him at the last watch party hi lads I don't do social media as it's toxic so it was good to hear from Tony apart from the fact I was at Wembley and Adam Cole (laughs) announced it there (laughs) thanks for all you do lads I will miss you this weekend jammy jam jam
2: well that's it bacon that's the problem bud is that they announced that it's the the tickets well the (laughs) pre-sale link for the tickets that's the big announcement you missed bud bizarro big
1: L Luke got TNA SRS got Doja Cat Hangman Jr. got a (laughs) t-shirt <laughs> that's what he wanted <laughs> what we all need now is a t-shirt of the kingdom and Roddy and their 1980s family portrait, the full gear would Max Caster make more sense for the ROH tag belts, having back up to counter Jay and Juice Um, I like the story of Samoa Joe because then that's your another odd couple tag team yep. that you pay off at World's End in a title match and it's the reverse of how MJF and Adam Cole were put together, odd couple tag team ended up liking each other, and don't think it will go the same way with Joe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it will. Ket took a look at the timeless Tony Storm videos and honestly, oh, this looks so corny. It seems like one of those gimmicks that makes me embarrassed to be a fan of wrestling, much like Seth currently, she's a great wrestler with a cringe gimmick.
2: It is over though. I'm I, I do th-
1: I'm more on the cat side of things. No, no don't, I, mean, I don't dislike it as much as Ket, but yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I I I am less into it now than I was two weeks ago, but I can't deny that it's not over. EJO. Uh, good
1: day, EW. <laughs> I reckon this episode of Dynamite was great. AEW got the memo from last week and spaced out the MJF story. Too bad they clustered the women division yet again. Let's keep complaining about the terrible women's booking. Spam that ham.
2: Yeah, I mean, Chris Antland did an <laughs> interview where she was like, it almost felt like it was directed at me because I've got I've, you know, and you and I have had this conversation of like, oh, I've been saying it for four years. I don't know how many more times I can say, with the same level of passion I did four years ago, book the women's division better. But then she did this interview being like, we should still be saying that because I think we should have more time on TV. So, do you know what? Chris Thatland is right and I'm wrong. Well, I don't know what more I can be doing.
1: <laughs> Chris James Little says, Hey, Wrestle Talk OGs, with the reunion of Jerry's show on this episode, I was wondering what are your favorite mashups of wrestling themes? And theirs was one of my best. My other favorites are rated RKO theme. And I've got a big announcement Water is wet, lol. Jam that jam.
2: My favorite ones. I liked mm. um, RVDs and Booker Ts because it's a really jarring, like, stop and start. And it's really pants. I can't think of. Oh, there's been no good ones. That's yeah. the problem. Because what they used to do was um, masher, which was just like pressing stop on one yeah. song and pressing play on the other song.
1: Uh, the Roller Coaster says, Hi, guys. Number one, Luke, congrats on the first day of NaNoWriMo. I'm doing it too. Let's keep it up. Hey, it. congratulations. Are you doing nano, NaNoWriMo? I am
2: doing NaNoWriMo. Oh, exciting. I did uh, 2,700 words yesterday. Jeez. How hmm. many were good? Oh, I don't know. I haven't read yeah. them back yet. But I was saying to Sullivan today, I'm not reading them back because that's. I'm, oh, you don't want to get derailed. You need to keep moving forward with NaNoWriMo. I think that's how some people book wrestling.
1: <laughs> t tier. <laughs> Number two, Team TNA were right there. Number three, the rest of this Omega chat will be made in a huge announcement next week in Winnipeg for Shazam! Fury of... Have a great day.
2: I mean, i got a bit of a, a superhero mode at the moment because mm. I'm listening to um, the MCU, the 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 Rise of Marvel Studios, uh, and then there was that big Variety article yesterday. So I'm, kind I'm, of, I'm kind of back into a superhero mindset, but less of like a, oh, I'm excited for the Marvels, and more of a, oh, what's going on behind the scenes? <laughs> <laughs> it's where we're at with Star Wars about six years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh Charles Berg says, Well, I didn't watch the show yesterday. I was too busy playing Spider-Man and my recording got corrupted. I will say this, though. Sometimes Tony reminds me of Herb Abrams. I don't know why. I think it's his manic expression. Anyways, take care, everyone.
2: Herb Abrams. Yes. Is that the old wrestling promoter?
1: What? Oh, the one um, on the Dark Side of the Ring episode? Yes. Hmm. And the guilty hat says, maybe it's just me, but I don't think MJF scissored the acclaimed because it was the right thing to do. He did it because everyone loves the acclaimed. And the booze started creeping in as he wailed away. He fears rejection from the fans. Now he has us.
2: And that's what I was Mm. saying is in, it's the right thing to do. And it was the right, you know, in in Max's mind, Castor took a bullet for him. And daddy ass was right. You're scissoring that man right now. Well, mm. that guy did for you. All he wants is for you to do this one thing for him. And so it was the right thing to do in that scenario was to, to scissor him in that moment. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just step out of the context of what we're talking about. Well, I had this with when they first started doing the scissor gimmick and I was watching AW on Fight TV on the TV when start, you know the kid was smaller. And my wife every now and again be like, what is this mm. like why why do you watch this show outside of it being your job and i'm like hey, look it's fun <laughs> like you see how much people are into this they really like this just like i don't know why should we uh end the poll see yes.
1: what everyone's thoughts are i gave it 78 percent so wow this oh. is
2: split oh man this is really split we haven't had numbers on dynamite like this for a while but this is thumbs up, 38% in the middle, 14% thumbs down. Wow, that is a, for AEW standards, that is very, very negative. We have not had negative numbers like that for, I don't think ever. Mm. Certainly not since we started doing the thumbs up, thumbs down poll. Wow. Well, remember, please
1: do go and buy a ticket for our Crown Jewel Watch Party. We'll hopefully see you on Saturday. But for now, I've been Oli Davis. It's been Luke Owen. Jam that jam. Jam that jam.